Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by CBDMD. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, back in the chair today after a few days off. Uh, once again, shout out to Justin Garcia, regular co-host on this show, and also Pratik Patel, good friend of mine. They did a great job with the post-game podcast for the Bucks and Suns game yesterday. So if you did miss that, uh, make sure you go back and check that out. We didn't have a pod on Wednesday and listen, this, I probably shouldn't reveal this, but I got to tell you, sometimes these things happen. I recorded the entire podcast. I was using a different microphone because I was on location. As you guys know, if you're regular listeners, my work schedule is all over the place right now. Different microphone. Apparently, this microphone had an on-off switch. So here we go. I recorded a full 30-minute podcast, got to the end, and the audio clip was no audio. So <laughs> that was... That was quite unfortunate, but here we are. We're going to roll through some more likes and dislikes today. A little bit of a delay on that one, but that's uh, completely uh, my fault there. So apologies for that. We'll, we'll sneak in an extra pod on the weekend to make sure you get your five for this week. But geez, what an interesting road trip this is for the Bucks so far. They lose to the Phoenix Suns, 125-124 in a really fascinating game. Again, no Drew Holiday, still out with the health and safety protocol. We will touch on that in just a little bit. I know the guys on the show discussed the last shot and Giannis missing that long two mid-range jumper that could have potentially won the game for the Bucks. But I was just going to have a few thoughts on this myself. I, I did tweet this out and I was half watching the game. I went back and watched the replay. I was half watching the game live uh, while, I was, while I was working, trying to just keep track of that last shot. So I saw the play, and I think that's what we're calling it now, the play where the Bucks have several options they can go to. Uh, most commonly, we've seen it go to the near corner with Chris Middleton. I've seen the screenshots. I've seen people saying Chris Middleton was wide open. I do want to call out a, little factors, a, a few little factors here with this last play. First of all, and the first point I want to make, and everyone that listens to this show sort of understands the approach that probably I'm trying to take to this regular season. And with Giannis missing that shot, I was more than okay with it. Giannis had 47 points on the game, 16 points in the fourth quarter. He was really the Bucks' only offensive option to score at all in the fourth. 
Chris Middleton did hit a late corner three, which was a big shot, no doubt about it, to give the Bucks a chance. Brooke Lopez hit a couple of free throws, which, by the way, came off again. A Giannis drawn foul, missed free throws. So, again, the opportunity to score was generated by Giannis. I've spoken a lot through the season so far about the adjustments and Giannis trying to find comforts and familiarity with this offense and familiarity with his new teammates, where he should be. And we've also spoken a lot about the fact that Drew Holiday and Chris Milton have been the guys that have had the ball in their hands late, particularly on those last possessions with the opportunity to shoot those shots. We all think back to the game against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. We know Ted Davis's call is part of the intro of this podcast. But Giannis hasn't been in a situation to really shoot that type of shot that we saw yesterday against Phoenix too often outside of that game. He's had some game-winning layups and game-winning drives, no doubt about it. He's had some moments, but that isolation jump shot we haven't seen. When you talk about the mental approach and the mental side of things for Giannis, I know that this is a, a read and react type play. You can Dante DiVincenzo was the inbounder. He could have gone to Chris Milton. He was guarded by Chris Paul. Giannis was the easy option. Then you have 2.6 seconds to make a decision. But I will say this. If Giannis has 47 points in the game, he's the only guy that can generate any offense in the fourth quarter at all, and then he doesn't get the ball at the end, I just think that that could potentially have a negative effect or a negative impact on Giannis, just mentally. I mean, he is the guy. He's still the back-to-back MVP. You want to give him that opportunity. Yes, the shot didn't go down. No, that long mid-range two is never going to be a high percentage shot for Giannis. That's fine. We can accept that. Could you have maybe got a better look? Maybe, potentially. But I like the fact that Giannis had the game in his hands. Again, it's a regular season game. I don't care. More than anything, I like the fact that the Bucs were able to get a look and a better look than what they've been generating from Chris Milton. And when I say that I want to call some people out, I, I just mean this in the way that every time Chris Milton gets that ball in the near corner, he's double teamed, he gets the shot up. We see it. Everyone's like, oh my goodness, can we try a different shot? Can we get something else? Can we generate something else? And now Giannis misses the shot. And now there's some, I would have preferred Giannis fading away in the corner. It's a better percentage shot. Well, I mean, the Bucs have to find a way to get different looks. They had to try something different. I think most teams, when the Bucs are lining up for a sidelines out-of-bound play with a chance to tie or win the game, expect that it's going to go to Chris Milton. And if you watch the replay and forget the screenshots where you can isolate certain moments where you think that Giannis could have done something different, let's take all the factors into account here. 2.6 seconds left in the game. Chris Milton was guarding, uh, Chris Paul was guarding Chris Milton and it would have been a difficult pass for Dante to make over the top of Chris, remembering that Devin Booker was also there just uh, outside the paint on, on the outside, on the right side of the floor. So he would have been able to recover, help, and there would have been that double team situation on Chris Milton again. That's if the inbound pass went there. Once the pass went to Giannis and he started moving to the left of the floor, I think that you're severely underrating the difficulty of that pass with his momentum carrying to the left with Chris Paul still understanding that that is an option with Devin Booker ready to jump the passing lane if necessary. And all this with, I believe he first started to make his dribble left with 2.3 seconds left. So to make that across the body, across court pass, 
to Middleton, who then has to release the shot. No time for a pump fake, no time for a dribble. Very difficult play. So the screenshots look bad. I will accept that. And you think, man, could have been a wide open look for Chris. I'm just not sure if that's how the play would have eventuated if Giannis had have tried to uh, get up that shot. So look, all things considered, you would love the Bucks to win that game and you would love them really to pay off a fantastic performance from Giannis, who was 17 for 21 from the field, uh, 15 for 19 on twos, uh, 17 for 21 from the free throw line, I should say, 15 for 19 from uh, two-point territory, 11 rebounds, five assists, only two turnovers. I love that. Think about that stat. 21 free throw attempts and only two turnovers. He was in attack mode. He was being aggressive, but he wasn't running over players. And that's what I love. We want to see Giannis again. Some of the likes that we have that have poured through uh, on the Twitter, at Kane Pittman, you can get me. Uh, Some of the likes that we had were Giannis being patient. And uh, Kelly Fan 12 said that Giannis patient. He gets his points, but he does it in the flow. Uh, 100% agree with that. I thought he did that again against Phoenix there. And just being able to cut down on those offensive fouls that can then not only impact his aggressiveness moving forward in the game, limit his minutes, it just changes the whole context of the game. So I love the fact that Giannis has been patient. And Maverick Johnson says the same thing. He says, I feel like it's so obvious that we don't say it enough. Giannis is so good and he is getting even better. Depending on the matchup, he is learning to transform into a totally different player. Also, a pretty decent week from the line. Now, this came in before the 17 for 21 performance from Giannis from the free throw line. So shout out to Maverick Johnson for that one. Giannis up to 63.3% from the free throw line. That's been well above 70% over the last week or so here on the road trip. Uh, Historically, and Frank always brings this up, historically Giannis, or last year, I believe Giannis shot better on the road than he did at home from the free throw line as well. So despite the fact there are no crowds, the trend continues. Giannis likes shooting free throws on the road. Very strange. Uh, But uh, that is just the way he tends to operate there. Uh, We're going to talk more about Chris Milton, run through some more likes and dislikes as we continue to go on here. But I do want to talk about betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Because football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. I believe the Bucks are still second favorite to get out of the East. You can check that out. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get your podcasts. All-star voting. Second returns have come in. Uh, similar result from a Milwaukee perspective in terms of uh, where the Bucks players sit. Giannis still second in the Eastern Conference front court. Uh, he's got a significant lead uh, there Well. Kevin Durant, sorry, 4.2 million. Giannis, 3.2 million. Joel Embiid is at 3 a million there. And then Jason Tatum in fourth at 1.6. So Giannis essentially locked into a starting position in the Eastern Conference, which we expected. 
uh, a significant gap between him and Kevin Durant. So it does look like Durant might be the team captain there, snapping a streak of Eastern Conference Team Giannis. So we'll see what happens there. As far as the other Bucks players go, nowhere to be seen. Chris Middleton clearly is going to be an all-star this season. We'll talk about him in just a little bit here, but uh, it's going to be tough for him to crack into the top 10. It is a little disappointing, I'll say this. Jeremy Grant comes in 10th with 282,000 votes, and Chris Middleton can't even get 280,000 votes? You've got to be kidding me. What about the guards? Fred Van Vliet? 250,000 in the 10th spot. Where's Drew Holiday? You can't get him 250,000 votes. What are these people doing? I don't know. Either way, those two guys weren't going to start. So Chris Middleton will be an all-star. Drew Holiday, I think that's going to be probably more unlikely. But just a little update there on the all-star voting, the second returns. Uh, Just a couple of other likes here. A lot about Brent Forbes. The fans are happy about Bryn Forbes. And you know what? I'm a little bit disappointed. We had all this hoopla about Lynn Sanity going back in the day. What about Bryn Sanity? Bryn Forbes is shooting the lights out from three. He's up to 49% on the season from three. I've mentioned this stat a couple of times, but just a little update here. 97 out of Bryn Forbes' 104 three-point attempts have been classified as open or wide open on NBA.com stats. Bryn Forbes is shooting 52.7% on wide open threes. And boy, is he benefiting from playing alongside Chris Middleton, Giannis, Drew Holiday, these types of weapons in the offense. He's just been money. And listen, I don't expect Bryn Forbes to stay at 49% all season long. But this is a guy that's been consistently over 40% on catch-and-shoot attempts throughout his career in San Antonio. And he's playing with a more talented team this year than the recent versions of the Spurs that we've seen. So his confidence is at an all-time high. We've seen shooting uh, among the elite shooters go to a new level this year. Uh, We really, we're just speculating. The players say it. It seems like the shooting is easier in the empty gyms or with the very, very limited crowds. Forbes is just another guy that's taking advantage of that. And, uh, you know, to this point, it's just hard for me to imagine that those three-point attempts are all of a sudden going to tighten up because what do you do if you're the offense? You're going to tighten up on Bryn Sanity. Well, then Giannis is going to get a driving lane to the hoop. Chris Middleton's going to find himself with an extra pass, wide open three. So I love what Bryn Forbes is doing. And I also like the way he's been utilized by Bud. He's really tightened the rotations this year. We see most nights he's going with a nine-man rotation largely. And Dominic White pointed this out. He said, I'm really starting to like these rotations. Bud is getting to on a game-to-game basis, but I still have my worries with the three-point defense. Bud seems to not worry about it until they go down 10. So just on the rotation to start, thrown into a little bit of chaos, obviously, with Drew Holiday being out, Bryn Forbes moves into the starting lineup. But even with that being said, still only a nine-man rotation. So when Drew Holiday comes back, Bud will go with that nine-and-a-half-man 10-man rotation. Torrey Craig has certainly benefited from the minutes uh, boost here with Drew Holiday out, particularly for defensive purposes, because although Torrey Craig uh, doesn't necessarily play the point guard position, we know defensively Drew Holiday often defends up. So it makes sense that Torrey Craig has had some of those matchups, and clearly he was fantastic in that game against Denver a couple of nights ago, that really impressive win for the Bucs. So we'll see what happens with Drew Holiday. As far as 
the three-point defense. Another night last night where the Phoenix Suns shot really well, 15 for 31 from three, 48% on the night. But the 31 three-point attempt stands out to me. I was watching this game and we didn't see the volume of three-point shots that we have sometimes come to see against the Bucs. And I thought back even to the game against Phoenix last year. If you remember this one, this was the game just prior to the shutdown. They played Denver after this. But it was a Sunday afternoon game, I believe. And my man, Aaron Baines, just went absolutely nuts. I think he hit seven, seven threes, uh, I believe, on that game. Something like that. He went ridiculous. And I, I got to be honest, I did see some positives from the fact that the Suns only attempted 31 threes on this night. As far as how they are starting out the game, we saw a lot of switching again against Phoenix. And I, I, you know, I feel like I'm on repeat here and I don't want to bore you guys, but I have seen an Still further miscommunications, some breakdowns as the Bucs uh, almost seem to work their way into the game. I think repeatedly now we're seeing improved defensive performance throughout the game. I'm just not sure how much of that I can directly pin on Bud or I can say, well, I think the guys are just working through that. You hope that as the season goes on, uh, that defense can tighten up from the opening tip. I mean, that's the ideal situation. As far as Phoenix yesterday... I was thinking about this. I'm not sure if there was a worse team for Milwaukee to play without Drew Holiday. When you think about Devin Booker and Chris Paul, Chris Middleton clearly had his hands well and truly tied with Devin Booker. And look, you know, only one for four from three for Devin Booker. He did have 30 points, but he didn't exactly go off. You know, Devin Booker was fine. He made some tough shots. I thought the Bucs defended him pretty well at times. And sometimes you just have to tip your hat to a great shooter. Chris Paul, on the other hand, we've seen the Bucs time and time again over the last few years have trouble with elite pick-and-roll operators. Well, Chris Paul is exactly that. We saw him on multiple occasions get the switch onto Brook Lopez. And hey, listen, I know Brook Lopez is drawing the ire of Bucs fans for his defense a little bit this season. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. I was watching last night, and Chris Paul is one of the elite mid-range shooters, particularly off the dribble. When he gets that mismatch, you know exactly what he's going to do. But I thought Brooke was fine. Chris, Middleton, uh, Chris Paul made some tough shots. And overall, I do think if Chris Paul is going to dribble into those difficult contested mid-range shots, you're going to live with that. And the fact that Drew Holiday wasn't there, we were kind of robbed of the opportunity to see Drew Holiday defend Chris Paul. That would have been a hell of a lot of fun. But given the fact that they didn't have their primary guard defender, I thought the Bucs did a, at least a decent job trying to curtail Devin Booker and Chris Paul because that was a very, very difficult situation for Dante DiVincenzo and Bryn Forbes to be in uh, right there. And maybe just one last point here. Still happy that Chris Paul went out to the Western Conference. I'll say that right now. Very happy about that. Uh, we are going to continue the show talking to Chris Milton after the break. But let's talk about Bilt Bar. Because there is a brand new flavor coming out. And I, I tell you what, we got, I got some of this in the mail. And this is perhaps the best bar yet. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Because if, if you like the cookie dough chunk built bar, then you are going to love the coconut brownie chunk. Dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It does not get any better than that. It's a limited time flavor. So get it today. Because I'm telling you, these are not going to last. There is no way that these are going to be around throughout the whole week. So uh, make sure you take advantage of that. And you know, you know the deal that we've got. 
It's the same as it's always been. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Tomorrow on Locked On NBA, join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Maris of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking so you can't miss. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Plenty of Chris Middleton love. I know I already mentioned him in regards to All-Star starting. Justin Sayan says Chris's All-Star starter campaign His passing this year especially has been incredible. Had a few against Cleveland and Denver that I've never been able to, I've never seen him make before. Uh, 100% agree. You know, Chris Middleton last night, a couple of unfortunate moments. I already mentioned the big three that he hit from the right corner that brought the Bucks within two at 124-122. That was a huge shot for Chris and he was three for six from deep on the night overall. A little bit of a a struggle, just four for 11 from two-point range. Had an unfortunate turnover late in the game as well. And perhaps the most shocking, perhaps the most shocking moment of the game, Chris Middleton missed two free throws, two in a row. He's been such a clutch free throw shooter, over 90%. We know he's the best free throw shooter on the team. Uh, Just shocking, just shocking to see him miss those two. But overall, uh, he's just on a tear this season. Another 11 assists in the game yesterday, which actually gives Chris Middleton... Double-digit assists in back-to-back games. That's his, so he's had two 10-plus assist games this season for the first time since Jason Kidd was coach of the Bucks. So Chris Middleton's passing has gone to another level. Uh, no, he's not going to be an all-star starter this year, but his numbers across the board are just absolutely absurd. I did read out, uh, I did tweet, I was going to say I read this out, but yeah, I read this out on the podcast that never actually existed. So you know, that's my bad there. But I did tweet out this stat the other day, Chris Milton, one of only six players league-wide, averaging 20-plus points, six-plus rebounds, six-plus assists. The other players are LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, James Harden, Luka Doncic, and uh, Julius Randle. I'm just going to say that a little quietly. Julius Randle of the New York Knickerbockers. It's important to note that Milton is doing this on his lowest field goal attempts per game and usage percentage since the 2016-17 season. Chris Milton has gone to another level despite the fact that he is actually less of a burden on the offense than he's been in the past and he's always been this unselfish player. I was watching the game with a friend the other day and Chris Milton did this ridiculous pass and then he came down and hit a just a easy as you like pull up three. And they were like, who is this guy? Why is he doing all these cool plays and not showing any emotion? So this is Chris Milton. This is what he does. He's deceptively brilliant. We've gotten used to seeing this. And I think I've mentioned this before, but he's gone from a player that was, I think, severely underrated, got that bargain of a contract for the Bucks when the Milwaukee were able to lock him up for an extended period of time before the rest of the league caught on. Then I think he became overrated, which is just naturally... What happens when a player is underrated for so long, all of a sudden people go overboard with it. But I'm telling you, he's underrated again. Signed that max deal. Everyone was questioning it. I can say this show was very optimistic about the Chris Milton max. But even we suggested, listen, that's a hell of a lot of money. You might find that it's an overpay, but the Bucks have got to, got to lock up this guy. I didn't personally see Chris Middleton getting to this level. You look at the guys that I just mentioned with LeBron and Jokic, 
Harden, Doncic. You're talking MVP candidates. Now, Chris Middleton clearly is not an MVP candidate, but it does make me wonder, where does he actually sit in the pecking order for the top NBA players? I think we've always had him in that 20 to 30 range. Given the season he's having, on top of the season that he had last year, is he a top 20 player comfortably at this point? I still think the rest of the league is sleeping on him, but when you look at those guys again, the numbers stack up. Everyone wants to have the question or have the conversation about is Chris Middleton a number two? Can Chris Middleton be a number two on a championship team? I mean, he's getting it done right now. And as we already know, there is no better foil for Giannis in terms of fit, in terms of personality, in terms of unselfishness. Chris Middleton is the guy, and we've seen that pick and roll just continue, continue to get better with Giannis. Again, a couple of lobs yesterday, and it's just money. When Chris Milton, as he has improved as a ball handler, as he's improved as a passer, Giannis is going to get easier and easier and easier baskets. And the fact that Middleton now is finishing around the basket better than he ever has as well, I think, again, it just just takes his game to another level. So Chris Milton, we need to have some more appreciation for what he is doing this season because it has been out of this world. Bucks and Utah Jazz coming up. Talk about a team that is on absolute fire. The Bucs are 16-9, and nine, second in the East, two games behind the Philadelphia 76ers, but the Utah Jazz 20-5. and five. They're on a five-game win streak after going on an extended winning streak uh, sandwiching one loss there. But 20-5, and five, best record in the NBA. Another game where I probably anticipate that Drew Holiday is not going to play, and that's going to be a blow. Because my goodness, this Utah team can shoot the shit out of the ball. I think eight times this year they've hit 20 plus threes. One of those occasions came against Milwaukee. But I just bring up that stat because I caution you, when Utah starts shooting the hell out of the ball, just understand they're doing this to everyone. This isn't a Bucks problem. Big challenge for Milwaukee, particularly if they do go with the DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes at backcourt. It's going to be a challenge. I'm really looking forward to this game though. This road trip overall has been fun. I know that the Bucks. You know, you would have loved to have got that game in Phoenix. But again, this regular season to me is just so entertaining because we're seeing the Bucs try different things. We're seeing different guys being involved. The Bucs have the number one offense. Scoring points is fun. This offense is rolling right now. All the pieces that they added are fitting in offensively and it does feel like they have another gear to go to and we're starting to see that because they've had the number one offense through the first portion of the season with Giannis kind of just figuring things out. 47-point game yesterday. He is starting to figure it out quickly. And the Bucs are looking very, very nice. So, listen, this is what we discussed the whole time. Let's have some patience. Let's see how this thing plays out. There's going to be some difficult nights. There's going to be some difficult conversations we have about where this team is at offensively, defensively. But I do like the direction that they are heading. And even more, I like the direction this podcast is heading because it's fun to be back on the show. It's fun to have some interactions with you guys. I do these pods at least once a week if you are new to the show. So you can always hit me up at Kane Pittman and uh, I will always try and get the listeners involved. I love it. If I didn't get to you today, uh, I was probably just a little excited about the Phoenix game. I haven't been on the pod for a while, so I probably didn't get to as many of your observations as I would like, but it doesn't mean that I haven't read them and it doesn't mean that we're not going to hit on those on the show at some point. So I appreciate you guys. I'll be back over the weekend at some point for another podcast. Stay safe out there though. Enjoy the game against Utah. Hopefully uh, the Bucs can put up a strong defensive performance and we'll speak to you guys after.